Hello and welcome to Dementia is Global. I'm Fanula Sweeney. According to the World Alzheimer Report in 2018, about 50 million people are living with dementia around the world. By 2050, that number is expected to triple to 152 million. The Global Brain Health Institute works to reduce the scale and impact of dementia and protect the world's ageing population from threats to brain health. Based at both the University of California, San Francisco and Trinity College, Dublin, GBHI trains and connects the next generation of leaders in brain health through the Atlantic Fellows for Equity and Brain Health Programme. Professor Brian Lawler is Deputy Director of the Global Brain Health Institute at Trinity College, Dublin. I asked him how society in general views dementia and why hope is so important for people who've just received a diagnosis. I would say the typical reaction to dementia is one of fear. Dementia is one of the most feared conditions in people living over the age of 50, more than cancer, stroke, primarily because of lack of awareness, lack of knowledge, ignorance perhaps. So what is dementia? Dementia is an umbrella term. It describes a syndrome. It's not one specific disease. There are many different diseases that can cause dementia. So when somebody says they have dementia, it means they have problems with their memory, problems with orientation, they may have difficulties with language, they may have some personality change, they may have behavioral or psychological symptoms. And all of these symptoms are associated with loss of function. That's what we mean by dementia. The most common disease that causes dementia is Alzheimer's disease. Alzheimer's disease would account for 60 to 70% of all cases of dementia. The reason why we need to understand the cause of dementia is because there are specific treatments for different types of dementia. For example, Alzheimer's disease, there are some symptomatic treatments that you can use in people who have Alzheimer's disease dementia that you wouldn't prescribe for other forms of dementia. Is it because there is as yet no cure that this causes fear in society? Is there a sense that immediately someone's cognitive functions are in decline, it's impossible to have new experiences or to continue to learn? Fear and stigma are huge issues for dementia. Again, a lot of the difficulty is not understanding what it is and what it isn't. Many people who have dementia, as I've described earlier, where there's problems with memory orientation, loss of function, they can still live extremely well for many years, even though they have dementia. They may require some support, some input, some supervision, but they can still have an excellent quality of life. One of the things I've found during my professional career is that we often underestimate the quality of life of people with dementia. So when you ask the lay public what would it feel like to have dementia, they talk about the fear and the stigma. They think that they would not have any quality of life. But when you talk to people with dementia themselves, particularly in the early stages, they would describe a good quality of life and many reasons for living, wanting to live, and want to continue to live. And to live well with And to live well with dementia. And I think one of the things we have to look at is not the dementia per se, but how we react as a society to dementia at an individual level and at a community level. I see one of the big problems is that our society is not dementia inclusive. Because it's not aware. Not aware, but also we need to adapt to the fact that more and more people are developing dementia, more and more people are developing cognitive impairment because people are living longer. And if our society is more inclusive, more aware, more supportive, I think we'd be able to decrease fear and stigma and also raise a level of hope 
what you're describing here is changing the narrative about dementia. I've heard you in a lecture talk about fake news about dementia. How would you begin to go about changing that and what would you say to people? First of all, I think we have to increase the level of awareness and knowledge about what dementia is and what it isn't. And the fact that people can live well with dementia for quite a long period of time. With better knowledge, a better understanding, better awareness, this changes the narrative from tragedy to more one of hope. I think it's very, very important as a doctor, for example, when you're seeing a person with dementia, a patient and their family, when they come in, you're disclosing the diagnosis. It's a tough diagnosis to disclose. It's not easy because there is a lot of fear and stigma. However, you need to point out what can be done. And there are many things that we can do. We don't have a cure for dementia. We can't modify the progression of the dementia. But there are treatments, there are interventions that we can offer that can make a difference. As healthcare professionals, doctors, we need to be aware of that. And sometimes healthcare professionals and the general public, because of the fear and because of the stigma and because of these negative unconscious associations that we have about dementia, we don't deal with the person with dementia in an empathic way and offer this level of hope. But I think it's crucial when the person leaves your office, the surgery, following that interaction, that they feel, yes, I have this diagnosis, but there are things I can do. There are pathways. There are options for me. I can live well. I think that is the right message, and it's a message that we can deliver right now. And that's presumably educating nurses and GPs, people in the medical profession and social workers, care workers, not just in Ireland, but in society abroad as well, to know that there are these strategies that people can develop to cope with dementia. And that in itself would help to change the narrative. I think you'd have to look at it at the individual level, the person with dementia, the caregivers, family members, because it's important to instill hope in the caregivers as well, because when a caregiver, a care partner is hopeful, that transfers to the person with dementia as well. Then at the community level and societal level, we have to raise a level of awareness and knowledge about dementia. And again, a more hopeful and positive narrative than the tragedy narrative and the fake news that we hear. There's also a positive story about prevention. We know that there are many modifiable risk factors now that increase your risk of developing dementia. And we believe that if you intervene early during the life course, midlife or even earlier, and address these modifiable risk factors, there's a potential to reduce the risk of people developing dementia. There's some evidence already that this may be happening because of the improvements in cardiovascular and heart health. The numbers of new people developing dementia seems to be falling off in developed countries. This is a very, very important message for the developing country, for low and middle income countries, where there are the same modifiable risk factors. Some of the risk factors like hypertension, diabetes are more prevalent in low and middle income countries. And if you can target these risk factors, there's a potential to reduce the incidence, the number of new cases of dementia in developing countries. And of course, this is where we're going to have the majority of people with dementia can you talk a little bit hope itself? Hope is generally associated with being an emotion mm -hmm. primarily, but it's not just that. Hope is an interesting construct. There are two parts to it. There's the emotional part, the sense of feeling of care and trust. And I think empathy is an important part of that in terms of the relationship between two individuals and feeling hopeful. But then there's also a thinking part of hope. The emotional part of hope is more at the unconscious level, but the thinking part is more at the conscious level. In the thinking part, there's the will and the way. There's the motivation, wanting to do something about it, but also you need pathways. That's the way. For example, in a doctor-patient relationship, when you're disclosing the diagnosis, there is a sense of care, trust, empathy, which is really important in terms of hope. 
But also it's important to provide the person with pathways, ways to do things, whether that's exercise, social connection, contact with individuals, advice around diet. All of these things are pathways which instill hope for that individual around the time of a diagnosis of dementia. Equally important, I think, is how you interact with the person. And if you can do so in an empathic way, that also can, at the unconscious level, increase the level of hope. You're talking about a social movement mm -hmm. that includes care workers, family members, people who work in the shops that might serve someone with dementia and the person themselves who has received a diagnosis of dementia. Mm -hmm. This is an inclusive effort mm -hmm. to change the narrative on dementia for everyone. Well, I think that's what we have to do. We have to grow empathy, raise hope at all levels, individual, community, societal level. Research also is an important way in terms of we can raise hope because research is a pathway to change and to innovation and to changing the narrative for people with dementia. I believe that community activation, where you actually can raise awareness, improve knowledge at a community level and get people in the community to mobilize themselves and create a more inclusive setup for people with dementia, I think that's the way forward. You can do that within a county, a country, but also that type of movement can spread geographically and globally. Being co-director here at GBHI in Dublin Trinity College, what have you seen taking place in the last three years since it came into being that gives you hope that there is at least progress being made on dementia if a cure is still some way off? The most important change for me has been the influence of the different experiences of the fellows. Here at GBHI, the fellows come from different cultures, different countries. They bring a range of experiences. But I think most importantly, they come from different professions. As a psychiatrist, I've been primarily dealing with people like me. And sometimes that can become closed and boring. Siloed. But when you meet people coming from different cultures, different experiences, particularly you know writers, journalists, people from the arts and humanities, they do broaden your vista. The importance of creativity and arts for people with dementia, this to my mind has really, really been transformative. And it has changed my perspective on things in terms of how I approach referring people. I think social prescribing is so important now. I've seen the huge value of choir, of social groups in terms of the impact it has immediately on the person with dementia, but also on the caregiver. This is how we can grow a movement here by breaking down the silos and bringing all of the professionals together to create a much more joined up holistic type of approach. When we began with GPHI and the Atlantic Fellows for Equity and Brain Health, it was an experiment. We weren't quite sure whether the hypothesis would work, but to my mind, over the last number of years, I've seen it work in real time. I think everybody here has been changed by the experience. The fellows come in, they change, but also the faculty, staff here, they also change. I think all for the better. I've seen some real impact here in Dublin and in Ireland because of what's been happening through GBHI and through the Atlantic Fellows for Equity and Brain Health. There has been real change, particularly around the creativity and arts, what's available for people. We get feedback from family members and from people with dementias and how positive things are and what benefits they've received for some of the innovations that have happened. Research is sometimes about what will happen in the future. But the type of work we're doing here with GBHI is what can happen and make a difference right now. I think that's what's most important. And not only that we can have an influence just here in Dublin and in Ireland, but we actually can influence what's happening globally. We have a partnership with the Alzheimer's Association. And you can see in different countries in South America the impact of GBHI and the Atlantic Fellows. 
it is a community being activated in its own right. And I think it is making a difference in terms of perceptions and raising hope, changing stigma, decreasing fear. I think we can get there. You've been very involved with the Understand Together campaign in Ireland. Tell us a little bit about it, specifically anything that you've noticed in terms of its impact on society and community in Ireland and attitudes towards dementia. Understand Together was the dementia awareness campaign here in Ireland as part of the National Dementia Strategy. It's funded through Atlantic Philanthropies and the Health Service Executive. And we've been running this awareness campaign for the last number of years. What we did first was we developed an evidence base for what the issues were, what the messages needed to be. We conducted both qualitative and quantitative research to find out what, in fact, were the correct messages. What we found was lack of awareness, lack of knowledge about dementia. We also found that there was poor understanding of modifiable risk factors for dementia in the general public, that there was a lot of loneliness and isolation experience for people with dementia and their caregivers. So what we did with the information from the qualitative and quantitative data was that we developed a campaign based around these messages. And we had TV ads, radio ads, and written information. We've been working on this, as I say, for the last number of years. We've done surveys before and after in terms of looking at the level of awareness and understanding. And when we completed the survey after the advertising and radio, we found that it did appear to be making an impact. Now, it's very early days, but the surveys are suggesting that there is some change in attitude. For example, the idea that people with dementia can live well and can participate in society and activities, that showed an improvement. And we feel it's probably related to the advertising campaign. We have created a very, very interactive and positive website, www.understandtogether.ie. It receives a lot of hits and it's been recommended very highly by people with dementia and family caregivers. The last part of the campaign is starting this community activation. We're trying to make sure that the good work that we've done in terms of raising awareness, improving knowledge and understanding of what dementia is, what it isn't, could be sustained in the long term. The program really is about activating local communities and developing champions in the communities so that the communities take responsibility for creating a dementia-inclusive society. We're in the early stages of this. It's going very, very well. We've got a lot of community and uh, other partners involved. The success of the campaign will be down to the sustainability, and that's why we're putting a lot of effort in now on this community activation phase. And ultimately, it provides hope. Exactly. Hope is key. Professor Brian Lawler, thank you very much. That was Brian Lawler, Deputy Director of the Global Brain Health Institute. For more information, you can visit www.gbhi.org. I'm Fanula Sweeney, and you've been listening to Dementia is Global. Global.